hard sometimes to tell when you're being tested or punished. And in fact, it's hard most of the time probably for most people, and it shouldn't be. There's a reason it's hard to tell. And so really what we're going to do tonight is show you, I guess, how you can make it easier to figure it out. Because have you ever been there before when something's going on in your life and you're like, what's the Lord trying to tell me? You know, is he, Am I being punished? What did I do wrong? Or am I being tested? And so I want us to look at some Scriptures tonight on this subject and hopefully we can get some answers. And I'm going to show you a contradiction in the Bible. Now, and of course, there are no contradictions in the Bible, but it sure looks like one when you first see it. And I'll show you that it's not, it's not a contradiction. The Bible doesn't contradict itself. But sometimes it does look like it does. And I'll show you a scripture, uh, a couple of scriptures tonight. But, uh, and I think as we study that to figure out, you know, is this a contradiction, it really helps us figure out how to find the answer to this, I believe. But First Peter chapter 4 and verse 12 says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings that when His glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the Spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part He is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God, and if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to Him in well-doing as unto a faithful Creator. So notice on that very first part of that, he said, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials that is to try you. And you know, most of the time when we're going through hard times, we do get very baffled by that. We act like, you know, what is going on is the question that often gets asked. What is, what is happening? And the Bible says not to think it's strange when these things happen. And he talks about really when you're suffering for Christ, you know, happy are ye. If you're, if you're suffering because you're doing right because you're a Christian, that in, re, in reality should be a blessing to you. The Bible tells us, and uh, Luke I believe it is, that we ought to leap for joy when we are persecuted for the cause of Christ. Now, is that what we usually do? No, but it's what we should do. And it is exactly what we would do if we knew what kind of reward we were going to get because of that. A lot of times because we don't know or because I think we do know, it's but it's something that we see only by faith, not by sight. We struggle with that sometimes. But then also it goes on in here and it says if you're going to suffer, don't suffer okay, as you know, a murderer or an evildoer as a busybody in other men's matters. There's a lot of people today in churches that are suffering and that like to tell you about their sufferings, but their sufferings aren't because they're a good Christian. Their sufferings are because they're wicked. <laughs> their sufferings are because they did wrong. You know, If somebody goes and... I mean, there are some people, this is an exaggeration, but they could go and they could hold up a gas station, get caught, thrown into jail, 
and they think they're being persecuted for Christ's sake. And I've known Christian people, they can't show up on time for work. They miss work half the time. When they are at work, they do a crummy job. And then when they get fired, they act like that happened because they were being because they were a Christian. And it's like, I know you, okay? You, they, didn't, they didn't fire you because you're a Christian. They fired you because you're a sorry worker. And they're suffering. And they try to act like their sufferings are because they're a Christian. But their sufferings are because you know, they're just a sorry worker. Okay? And it says in that passage, you know, let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or a busybody in other men's matters. So sometimes our sufferings that we have are because of our sins, because we've done wrong. Other times it's just because it's because we're a Christian. Sometimes it's because God's testing us and He's trying to He's trying to build us up. But so how do we tell? How do we identify what's what? And and so before we explain, I want us to look at a few passages. John chapter nine. First I want us to go to John chapter nine. I want to show you something because so this is a hard thing to figure out sometimes, but it's not God's fault. It's our fault. We've got some problems in our lives that make it difficult for us to make sense of what's going on. And go to in John chapter nine, verse one. Let's read this passage. It says, "And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth, and his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind?'" Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Okay, and then if you go on and read the story, Jesus went and he put clay in the man's eyes, he told him to go wash in the pool of Siloam, and he went and he washed, and he was able to see. Okay, and we're not going to talk about the miracle right now, but I want you to notice what his disciples said. They see a blind man and they automatically think. He must have sinned. Or his parents sinned. You know, aren't we that way sometimes? We see people going through hard times and it's just automatically, I wonder what they did wrong. You know, and, and I'm telling you, this is horrible, but Christians, we're like this sometimes. I mean, there can be maybe a, a child that's born with physical problems and people, they just have the gall to think, you know, I wonder what they did wrong. And a lot of times we know better than to say it, but we think it. We see stuff that's going on in people's lives. We see them coming on hard times. And we just we think, man, they must have really done something wrong. You know, we've never had that before. I wonder what we're doing right. And I'm here today to tell you that that is a horrible attitude. I'll show you more Scriptures to prove that. But that is a terrible attitude. And one thing we need to understand when it comes to figuring out if we're being tested or punished is we, you need to understand that you can't tell by looking at somebody else's life. That's something you can only figure out for yourself. And a lot of times we think we're experts on figuring out who's being tested and who's being punished. And the truth is, we can't tell. We're probably going to get it wrong every time. And the disciples, they had it wrong. They saw this man. He's been blind from the time he was born. So obviously if it was from the time he was born, you know, he probably didn't do anything. But you know what? So his parents probably did something. And Jesus said there was nobody sinned. This man didn't sin. His parents didn't sin. And really, that, I mean, that was a terrible attitude they had. Go, go over to Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13. This has been an attitude that's been around for a long time. Remember Job's friends? 
They saw what Job was going through and they all got together and were trying to figure out what Job did wrong. Job, you must have done something wrong. Job, there must be something wrong with you. And the truth is, God was trying to teach Job something. God was testing Job. Job didn't do anything wrong. I've heard preachers sometimes get up and preach messages proving that they figured out what Job did wrong. And it's like, you, ding-dongs, have not read the rest of Job, which is all Job's friends trying to figure out what Job did wrong, and they never figured it out. But you figured it out all of a sudden. God didn't even bother telling Job, but God bothered to tell you. Yeah, you really think you're something, don't you? And I'm telling you, we don't know why God did what He did to Job. We can all speculate all we want. Okay, But the truth is, we don't really know. Job was being tested. And I'll show you a verse about that in a little bit. But look at Luke chapter 13, verse 1. It says, There were present at the season some that told him of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answering said unto them, Suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans because they suffered such things. I tell you nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Or those eighteen upon whom the tower in Siloam fell and slew them. Think ye that they were sinners above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. These Pharisees, they'd see bad things happen. They must have done something wrong. And listen, I'll just go ahead and be honest enough tonight to tell you I've probably I've done this a few times myself. Does anybody remember the big... E2 nightclub disaster where there was a big stampede and several people got killed and uh, you know the government took advantage of that to make a whole bunch of new laws and stuff but there was a bunch of people well I remember when I heard about that I was like well that's what all those drunks get for going to bar and getting drunk <laughs> you know that's a terrible attitude okay that that's not a good attitude but that's how we are sometimes some of you probably remember back when New Orleans had the hur- big Hurricane Katrina and you had the Pat Robertsons getting on there and that's well it's because of all the wickedness that goes on there in New Orleans and that we're always trying to say why God did these things. And the truth is, we don't know why God does these things to other people. I do believe you can know in your own life. But one of the reasons we struggle in identifying these things in our own life is because we are misjudging in other people's lives. And you see in the Bible, whenever people would try to do that, they always got it wrong. The disciples got it wrong. Job's friends got it wrong. I mean, the Pharisees there got it wrong. And I, pretty much every example you can find in the Bible, the people got it wrong. But for some reason, we think we've got it figured out. We can look at somebody's situation and we know they must have done something wrong. We'll see somebody, maybe their cars broke down on the side of the road tonight on the way home. That's probably because they didn't pay their tithe in church today. <laughs> That's our attitude. Oh, that, you know, they're, they're broke down because uh, you know, they didn't go to church. They get in a car wreck or something. If they had been in church, they wouldn't have been in that car wreck. You know, God did that to them. And we're always trying, we always use those things and give those examples. But listen, in that story with the blind man, Jesus said, no one sinned. And you know what? Some things happen just because we live in an imperfect world. We live in a world that has disease, we live in a world that has sickness. It has problems. It's full of sinners. And therefore, bad things happen sometimes to innocent people that didn't necessarily do anything wrong. I mean, just every time. I mean, some Christians are so bad. I mean, somebody has cancer. That's because they didn't eat right. 
There was a lady, I remember I knew a lady that had cancer, and she got real encouraged by these people in the church of Canada. I was like, well, you know why you have cancer? It's probably because you use a microwave. You know, just sometimes people get cancer. You know, I, and honestly, I'm sure, that, you know, I know eating right probably helps with some things. And I'm just going to tell you right now, I mean, one of the things I've always been deathly afraid of, and if you ever hear I killed myself, it was because I found out I was having kidney stones or something. I'm scared to death of those things. I don't ever want to get one. And I'll hear stories, and I've asked, you know, what do you do to avoid those? And they'll talk about not drinking too much soda and things like that. But I'm a guy I know, one of the most healthy people I know, one of the most healthy eaters I know, he had one that was so bad, he had to go to the hospital and have it removed. And you don't know how bad that scared me, because I'm like, if he got it, who doesn't drink soda and eat all the junk that I eat, I'm doomed. <laughs> but you know what? I'm 34 and it hasn't happened yet. I, I don't know necessarily what causes all that, but whenever we see people have a physical problem, we always want to blame it on something. We always want to tell them what's wrong with their diet and how what they need to change. Well, it's because you have too much stress in your life, and if you learn to trust the Lord instead of getting stressed out, then you wouldn't have these physical problems. And that's terrible. That is that is terrible attitude, but that's how we are. But sometimes people just get those things. I, I don't know if it's genetic. I, I don't I don't know. I wish I could get up here and I could show you a Bible verse that tells you I can avoid all physical ailments that are out there. But I can't. All I can do is listen to the experts that keep changing their mind on everything. You know, every time you watch a news report, you know, drink coffee, you get cancer. Drink coffee, you won't get cancer. You know, I mean, this one week it's healthy, one week it's not healthy. I, I don't know who to trust. I don't know. You know and that's why I think we just need to trust the Lord. But, you know, not everyone that has something bad, you know, has a financial problem. doesn't mean they're backslidden. I noticed on the road here uh, on the way to church this morning, there was a big branch that fell down in the street right on one of the parking spots. And I noticed at that parking spot there was a bunch of broken glass. I'm figuring it must have fell on somebody's car. Look at that. You know, well, that's probably because they didn't, you know, they ripped their neighbor off. You know, they're not paying their bills in time. You know what? God's going to get the money from them one way or the other. You know, sometimes branches just fall from trees and your car happened to be parked there. You know, we always want to do that and we want to use it to judge everybody and say what they've done wrong. And the truth is, we don't know. And we need to be very careful about the judgments we make. That's why in Matthew chapter 7, it says, Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. What measure ye meet, it should be measured to you again. I've said it before and I'll say it again. If you, if you have that attitude, alright, person rips somebody off, branch falls on their car and damages it, well, you better watch it because when you don't come through in your, on your end of the deal, that might happen to you. And so we've got to be careful with that kind of thing. You know, this no judging thing that people always like to throw in your face. Don't judge me, don't judge me. And the only verse they have is Matthew chapter 7. That's not a sin against somebody else. It's, a sin. it's dangerous for yourself. You are hurting yourself when you judge other people like that. And we've got to be careful. But sometimes God allows trials in our lives to teach us things and to give us an opportunity to glorify Him. Go to James chapter 1. James chapter 1 and verse 12 says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Alright, so notice that. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. And we're gonna, I'm going to show you a contradiction here in the Bible a little bit. Or what appears to be a contradiction. But pay very close 
close attention to what these verses say. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin when it is finished bringeth forth death. So right there, we just saw where God does not tempt any man. All right, now go back to Genesis chapter 22, verse 1. Genesis 22, verse 1. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. Did you see that? God did tempt Abraham. Contradiction. We don't have to listen to the Bible anymore. Let's go home. All right? No, we're not, no, not going to do that. What's that talk? Why does it say in James that God doesn't tempt any man? But in Genesis 22, He tempted Abraham. And if you remember the temptation He gave Abraham, He told him to go take his son and uh, offer him as a sacrifice to God. That and that's that. And you all know that story. You all know what happened in that story. But sometimes, or the Bible when it uses the word tempting, sometimes tempting and testing mean the same thing. Alright, some temptation or, or testing means the same thing. And when you go back in James, when it talks about how God doesn't tempt any man, let's go back and look at that verse again. James chapter 1 and verse 12. It says, after it says, neither tempteth he any man, it says, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And before that, it says, God cannot be tempted with evil. And basically, it's clear in the Bible that God does put us to the test sometimes, doesn't it? And it says there at the beginning of that passage, you know, blessed is the man that endureth temptation. You know, when you endure it, when you get through it, you're going to receive a crown of life. And this part where it says He doesn't tempt any man, God does not tempt people with sin. This is what it's saying. God does not dangle the things of the flesh in front of you. God is not. God doesn't try to entice you with fleshly lust. Okay. And when God tempted Abraham back there in Genesis, He didn't take the lust of the flesh to try to lure Abraham. Okay. Now um, He, you know, in the lust of the flesh, He didn't try to tempt him, you know, with a woman. He didn't try to tempt him with money or just you know the things that our sinful flesh desires. He asked him to give his only son, which loving his son, well, that's not a sinful thing, is it? I mean, that's a totally natural thing. That's fine to love your son. God didn't dangle sin in front of his face. And that's what it's talking about here because God can't be tempted with the things of the flesh. God is not tempted by the things of the world. Remember when Jesus tried to, or, uh, Satan tried to tempt Jesus in the wilderness? Jesus didn't give in to any of those temptations, even though he was hungry. He didn't give in to the you know pride of life with the all these kingdoms will I give if you'll bow down and worship me. He didn't do those things. He did not fall for those things. And God cannot be tempted with the things of the flesh. God is not tempted to watch a dirty movie. Okay? And God is not God is not tempted by you know to be immoral or anything like that. And God is not going to put you in a situation where you are tempted to do something immoral. But God may put you in a a situation where maybe you would be tempted to, uh, for example, maybe uh, to deny Christ, to 
uh, try to save your own life. Okay, it's a normal it's a normal thing or a natural thing to want to save your life, isn't it? And there's been many people in history that they had the choice: hey, renounce Christ or die. That was a temptation, wasn't it? But you know what? They endured that temptation. The temptation to just want to survive. Is it a sin to want to survive? No, it's not a sin to want to survive. And many people have been tempted with that, and God allowed them to be tempted with that. But God didn't. God does not put like the lust of the flesh in somebody's face. God doesn't put those kind of things in front of you. So we need to understand that. But many things that get us in trouble, it's when we've done things to give in to the lust of the flesh. Many of the problems that we find ourselves in are because because we gave in to the lust of the flesh. Okay, so for example, maybe you're having financial problems because you know, many people are having financial problems because they've been caught up in the lust of the flesh. They're spending their money on booze and drugs and things of the flesh to please the flesh. They're spending all their money on you know entertainment centers and video games and. Uh, all these things just to have fun to please their flesh, and they get themselves in trouble. They get them have they have financial problems as a, as a result of it. And it wasn't because God was testing them; it was because they gave in to their fleshly lust, and it got them in trouble. If somebody goes and he gets in trouble with immorality, it's not because God was putting them into the test; it's because they gave in to their fleshly lust. And you know what? What God tempted Abraham with is nothing that God didn't God did not ask Abraham to do something that he did not was not willing to do himself, did he? He asked him to give his son, didn't he? Well, was God willing to give his son? Absolutely. And you know what? God does not test us with something that he would never do. God is not going to test us and tempt us to do anything that he would never do. God's not going to tempt you to say a cuss word. God is not going to tempt you, you know, to, uh, you know, to you know, be immoral. God does not tempt us with those things. The devil does. And most problems people have are because they've given in to fleshly temptations. And so, um, James chapter five and verse ten. James chapter five and verse ten. Read a couple of verses there. Oh, I didn't put it in my notes there. James five verse ten says, Take, my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job, and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. So we see that Job, when he was tested, okay, that was something that God did. God will test us to build our patience. Because there are great rewards that come. And we saw that in James chapter 1. When we endure temptation, it's to help us with patience. When he, you know, Blessed is the man that endures temptation. Whenever we are tempted and we endure it, we are blessed greatly because of it. And therefore, God has no problem with putting us through that and allowing us to go through that. It's definitely worth it. And it was worth it for Job when God put him through it. And it mentions that, remember the patience of Job. Why, does it, why did it use that word patience? Because Job was tested probably greater than any man ever. And I think you can say that Job probably had more patience than any man ever. And God was trying 
He was trying to teach him something very clearly. And that, and basically what I believe God was trying to teach Job was that you need to trust, just need to trust God. And it's clear that Job didn't do anything. So how do we know when we're going through something if we're facing testing or punishment? Because sometimes we're not real sure. So first you have to realize just you can only know for yourself and not someone else. Matthew 7 1 mentioned, judge not that you be not judged. You know, don't do that. Okay? If you see something bad happening to somebody else, don't go and declare it God's judgment on them. You don't know. God might have special plans for that person, and He's trying to teach them something. I mean, if anything, it's possible that God might allow somebody to go through hard things because God has bigger plans for them than for you. Most of the time when we see somebody suffering, we get all high and mighty and think we're way up there somewhere. But you know what? The truth is, maybe you haven't gone through anything like that because God knows you can't handle it. God's not making any plans for you. We don't know. And that person that you see struggling and going through a hard time, God may be preparing them for something great. You don't know. And therefore, you just need to try to be an encouragement to those people whether you think it's God's judgment or not, you ought to just be encouraging to them because the truth is we don't know. And this is very hard for us to figure in our own lives sometimes because we play tricks on ourselves. Okay? And this is where if we can get through these things, I think it will help us understand because you know, I wish you could all come to me and say, all right, Pastor Tommy, I'm going through this. And you know, you tell me, and I, you know, I ask you a few questions. All right, what's been going on in your life? And then I was able to figure out, all right, you're being tested. But here's the, here's the thing. We play tricks on ourselves. And one of the things that we do sometimes is we ask other people if they think God's punishing us. Do you think God's punishing me? And you know what? That is a horrible question to ask somebody. Do not ask me that question. If you're going through something, don't come to me and say, Brother Tommy, you know, I, I want you to be honest with me. Well, you know, shoot straight with me, Brother Tommy. You know, am I being punished right now because of what I'm going through? Because here's the thing. If I say yes... I'm in trouble now. You know, I'm going to get myself in trouble. Oh, you, you, know, you think I'm terrible. You think God's judging me. You think God's hating me. And if I say, no, you're not being punished, I'm basically saying, hey, you're great and everything's fine in your life. And the truth is, I might think you're wicked. <laughs> I, you know, I might think that your life is a mess, and yet now I'm in this situation where you've asked me to judge something that I'm in no position to judge. You've asked me to you know, judge something that I can't possibly know, and it's a losing battle for me either way. If I tell you you're being judged, you're going to get mad at me. If I tell you you're not being judged, I basically told you, hey, your wicked lifestyle is just fine. And so I've lost either way. And if someone says it's punishment, a lot of times we lash out on those people like we cannot on God. And many, and many times... This is our way of, whenever we ask people that, this is our way of getting people to agree with us that God isn't fair. See, that's what we're really saying. This is, and this is what you need to get because so I wish I could make it easy to find these answers. And it's, it's not easy because we get ourselves in the wrong mindset. But when we start questioning why we're going through things, and whether or not God's punishing us, what we're really saying, if we're honest, okay, maybe this is just me. We're really saying, I don't deserve to go through this right now. 
I don't deserve to be suffering this hardship. Why am I having financial problems? I give my tithes and offerings to the church. I'm a good moral person. Why am I going through this? This isn't fair. And that's what we're really saying. I deserve to be more blessed than this. And we wouldn't say it. We're not dumb enough to say it out loud that God's not fair. But boy, when we're thinking it. And when we go to other people, do you think God's punishing me? No, there's no way you're being punished. We're just It's like we're getting everybody to agree God's not fair. And I'm telling you, it's childish. But if we're honest, that is exactly what we're doing when we're going around asking people that. And sometimes even asking ourselves that. And we convince ourselves, you know, we we tell ourselves that we're trying to just figure out what we did wrong. I, I'm just I'm just trying to find out what I'm doing wrong. Because if I'm doing something wrong, I want to fix it. That's what we tell ourselves. But listen, Jeremiah seventeen nine says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? You say I'm not doing that. I'm not that smart. No, your your heart though is your heart's evil. It's deceptive. And your heart is causing you to think all these things and to play these mind games and you get other people to get against, go against God. And you say, I wouldn't do that. But your, yes, your heart would. Our hearts are deceitful. We trick ourselves into thinking that we're fine. We trick ourselves into thinking we don't deserve what we're going through when the truth is we do deserve it. And we convince ourselves we're trying to figure out what we did wrong but many reasons when we question why we are suffering, what we are really saying is God isn't blessing me enough. And we just got to be honest. So I wouldn't do that. Yeah, yeah, you would. Your heart's deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And when we try, and so the other thing that we do that messes us up, when we try to figure out someone else's situation, we're going to get it wrong most of the time simply because. We are not like God. Romans 11.33 says, Oh, the depth and riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are His judgments and His ways past finding out. When we go and try to judge someone else's situation and even our own situation, what we're really doing, maybe in my life, I'm going going through problems. Okay, Maybe I'm suffering financially and I look at myself and I'm, I'm trying to figure out what I did wrong. I just want to get right with God. And I go, look, okay, I've been, I've been giving my tithes and offerings. I've been paying my bills. I've been being kind to others. I gave five bucks to the guy holding the sign just needing some money for food. I deserve to be blessed. I don't deserve to have these problems. If I were God, I would bless me right now. If I were God, I would send me a large check in the mail. Isn't that what we're really doing We don't think we are, but listen, if we're just honest, that is exactly what we're doing. If I was God, I would give me a raise at my job. I would lay it on my boss's heart to give me a promotion, to give me a big fat raise. I would do that. If I was God, I would have an airplane drop a briefcase full of money from the sky right into my backyard. But God doesn't usually do what we think He should, does He? You know why? Because we're not like Him. Isaiah 55, 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. So understand, whatever you're thinking you deserve, God's probably not thinking that. (laughs) Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. 
So it's like, you know, we do. You know, what, so you can go ahead and try to do all these things to get to the point where, you know, God will bless you because where you deserve to not have any problems and life can be easy and you never have any challenges. But understand, however, whatever you think you have to do to get there probably won't get you there because God doesn't think like you think. His ways are so much higher than our ways and we've, got to under, we've just got to understand that. And that's another reason we can't pick out why somebody is going through what they're going through. God's ways are not our ways. That's why I get so bothered by these, you know, these movies that Christians make where they make up a story and they show God blessing in a certain way. We don't know how God would bless in those situations. We don't know how He does the things. But basically when we make these stories up, we're saying, this is what I think God should do. If I, I believe, folks, if tonight you all just take a step of faith and put an extra $100 in the offering plate, I believe that God would bless you this week with more than $100. I, I just made that up. There's not a Bible verse that says that. But I basically, I basically just got up. I didn't use Scripture. And I told you what I would do if I was God. And what I think God would do. And I don't know. I really don't know. And so, the only way that we can really find the truth on whether or not we are being tested or punished is we can find it when, when you're searching your heart if you are truly willing to repent of your sins. If you are truly willing. Psalms 139, verse 23 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I believe when David penned that psalm, I believe he meant it. And many times when we pray, I mean, are we really willing to change what God shows us is wrong in our lives? I mean, there's sins that most of us have in our life right now that we probably aren't that willing to give up. If we really said that prayer, do you really mean it? I mean, what are you are you ready to give up some of these sins in your life? Some of these sins that's maybe causing all the problems in your life, most of the time we are not really willing to give them up and therefore God is under no obligation to show us what the problem is. And I believe that that's many people's problem today is God isn't making it clear what the sin is because we're not even willing to give it up. We're not, going to, we're not going to give anything up. Most people today when they, they come to church, if a preacher gets on one of their pet sins, they get mad and leave and don't want to come back. Do you really think God's going to show them why they're having the problems they are in their life? They're not willing to give up their sins. They're going to continue just walking in darkness and having trouble. James 4.7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw an eye to God and he will draw an eye to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy into heaviness. Notice that ye double-minded. Okay, I want to get these problems out of my life, but I don't want to give up any sins. You double-minded man. You double-minded man. Your God is not going to show you. You can't even figure out what you really want. I want God's blessing, but I'm not willing to give anything up. Well, okay, but just understand, you are going to struggle figuring out the truth. 
And, you know, and many people, they'll hear something like this. Brother, Brother Tommy, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm willing to give up whatever it is. I'm, will, I'm willing to give up anything. There's nothing between me and God. And I still can't figure it out. You know, truth is, you still think God's not being fair. And I'm telling you, people are, I've known people like that. I'm willing to give up anything. And you know what? I don't want to do it. Because once again, they'll ask you, what am I doing wrong? And it's not my place to tell them for one thing. And even if I did, they wouldn't listen. But I'm telling you, I've been tempted sometimes when people give me that attitude. I can't figure out what I'm doing wrong. Well, one of these days, I'm just going to just say, you know what, fine. Here's what you're doing wrong. <laughs> and then I'm going, to, I'm going to go through a whole list of things. And you know what? I'm going to, they're going to get really mad at me. <clears throat> but I've warned all of you. okay? <laughs> and I'm just saying you can't ever you know, seek counsel or anything like that. But understand, with this, with this idea here, understand the position you're putting somebody in when you ask them that question. That, I mean, it is exactly what you're doing. We can't possibly know. And I can't stand here today and judge every situation. Each situation can only be figured out by that person who has, whose heart is right and they are willing to admit that they're wrong. And they have to be willing to quit whatever they're doing. Many times the punishments that we give our children don't seem to work because we can't get them to admit they did anything wrong. You ever been there before? You know, you're trying to teach them a lesson, but it wasn't my fault, it wasn't my fault. Don't you hate that? Because you don't, you, know, you punish them anyway, but it's like, you know it's going to happen again. They didn't learn a thing from it. And that's how we are most of the time. God will punish us for things. What did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? Well, what are you saying? You're saying you didn't do anything wrong. I mean, you'll have your son to be there. He, he just smacked his sister. And you're punishing him. What did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? You know, do I even have to tell you? Are you so blind? And the truth is, they know they did wrong. Okay? They, you know, when they're saying, what did I do wrong? They're basically saying, they deserve to get smacked. You know, they deserve to get smacked. But the truth, they know they did wrong, but you can't really teach them anything when they have that attitude. So, but you know what? You still punish them for it. Oh, man, they don't think... I mean, has any of your parents ever done that? Your child did something really bad? Well, Mom, I don't think that was wrong. Oh, okay. <laughs> My parents surely never did that. <laughs> I, there was many times there was things I didn't think I did anything wrong. I got punished anyway. And just because you don't think you're doing something wrong, God's still going to deal with you. And until you are just willing to admit I was wrong... God's just going to have to keep giving out the punishments. And if you can't figure it out, it's probably because you're stubborn. You're not willing to change anything in your life. And God cannot help us until we admit we've sinned. And if you're suffering because of testing, you can mark it down that God will help you get through it. You will make it through it. And God will be with you through every bit of it if it is His test. And listen, I believe that when we're being punished, I believe God lets us know that we're being punished. But many times though, just like children, we don't get it because we're just not willing to admit we did anything wrong. We'll do those excuses. I remember when I was in school, there was this one boy, he went and he did something to one of the kids. He hit him or something. And I remember the teacher asked him, you know, say, hey, did you hit him? No, I didn't because he did it to me first. That was like one of the most famous lines. <laughs> it was like, it was like 
he admitted he did it, but he denied it at the same time. But what he was really doing is he was denying he did anything wrong because they deserved it. And that's what we do and why we can't figure it out. And so I wish, said, I, I, I would love to be able to show you this clear-cut method. Go to this verse in the Bible and this will show you, you know, whether you're being tested or punished. But really, the only way you can tell is you have to have your heart right. You have to be willing to give up whatever it is that got you in trouble. And most of the time, we are not willing to do that. That verse that says, draw an eye to God and He will draw an eye to you. We know deep down inside that if tonight we went home and we prayed and we said, Lord, show me what sins are on my life in my life. And Lord, I promise I will give them up. And if you said that and you meant it, we know that God's going to start showing us stuff real fast. And it's going to rock our world. And we are not willing to do that. And therefore, if you're not willing to do that, just understand that you may be getting punished and in your mind you are not going to know for sure. You won't be able to figure out if it's testing or punishment because your heart's not right. And so the only way you can know is to have your heart right and to be totally willing to give up whatever it is in your life. And if when you get to that point in your life, you will be able to tell for yourself. But I don't see where you can ever figure it out for other people. And so be careful judging other people. Don't ask me to say what it is. I'll probably get it wrong or I will get myself in trouble with you. And so uh, God's the one you need to go to for these things. And so hopefully that helped you tonight. So let's all stand together.